This is CliffCentral.com. There's more to pet food than taste, smell, and texture. Here's why great pet nutrition is essential. Welcome to Pause for Thought, brought to you by PetHeaven.ca.za, your one-stop online pet shop. Pet Heaven's scheduled deliveries will not only save you time and money, but will take all the hassle out of remembering to buy pet food. Go to PetHeaven.co.za now and sign up to the newsletter to get the best deals on a wide selection of toys, treats and accessories. So we're going to talk today a little bit about pet nutrition, uh, the best food for your pet. And with us, we have Dr. Guy Fivey, who's nutritional advisor to Hills Pet Nutrition South Africa. Thank you for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about different types of food that you get for, for dogs and cats. We've got tins, we have little pouches with more solid food, mm-hmm. we have jelly-based foods, we have ones that are just absolute mush that don't really have any... Um, chunks in them. We've got pellets. We've got raw foods as well, frozen foods. There are a whole lot of different things now. It's not just a bag of biscuits anymore. Right. The point is that if you're going to be feeding a balanced food, it doesn't matter which format it comes in. That's really what it boils down to. We we do know that we can control in a food that's been made specifically, that we can control exactly what nutrients and what ingredients we use there. Certainly, there are some issues um, with the home cooked foods and and the first one is balance um making sure that it's properly balanced because as we've said before the the, the reason why we have pets is to make them help them you know live as long as possible mm-hmm. we want them to live as long and healthy as possible mm-hmm. um as opposed to their ancestors who were just there to pass their genes on and breed mm-hmm. um they didn't care how long they lived for as long as they passed on their genes right. so our animals are different a different kettle of fish so we're feeding them for a different thing what type it's entirely up to you and and some of them are much more convenient than others which we need to take into consideration mm-hmm. using pellets or kibble as we call it, it's a lot easier to use that. They're getting all the nutrients they need in a much easier format. Mm. It's less likely to be contaminated and to have any of the other issues that we have, like flies and stuff getting onto it. And I think you eventually, as a pet owner, figure out what your animal likes. Right. Whether it's just pellets in the morning Mm -hmm. and then kibble and a bit of tinned food as well in the evening. To me, it always just seems like you know, as humans, we feel really bad just giving our dogs kibbles. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, the, the point is that dogs, they're happy to get what they get. Quite frankly, they're eating to get the nutrients. We have this whole perception of this dog likes this because, you know, it's uh, whatever. Because I like gravy. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's something like that. But as long as it's properly balanced, that's really what's more important. Mm. And I suppose it's, it's also really helpful to have these different types of foods, especially mm. when you have cats, because yep. they can generally be quite fussy. Yeah, cats are, are very particular about what they eat, and we train them to be uh, fussy, put it that way. They, they, they really shouldn't be, but when they're young, they start getting preferences as to what they like. In fact, cats have a very distinct preference. It's, it's got to do with um, the crunchiness, prefer crunchy food to sticky food. Right. They prefer certain shapes, and they get used to those shapes actually when they're very young. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So if you only feed them one food, yeah, you know, like then a they, triangular they, shape. Exactly. Or... They they get that mouth feel, and that is what they like to eat for the rest of their lives. It's it's an evolutionary um, thing because they know that that is good for them, and they avoid anything that's not good for them. 
I don't think I've met a cat yet who doesn't like tinned tuna. It's got to do with the, the smell and, the, and certain amino acids that their cats can pick up that will be high there for them. But a cat couldn't live on just tinned tuna, and, and <laughs> certainly the salt level is, is high as well. Sure, there are, there are a whole lot of reasons why, yeah. why not. It's not balanced protein, so there are certain amino acids that would be missing from that. Taurine is one of them that would be low in tuna. Cats eat fish. It's a huge misnomer. In the wild, no cats you really see, eat fish. You no. don't see cats hunting for fish. No, there's, there's one kind of cat that does specifically hunt for fish, but there's only one kind. Yeah. You know, normal domestic cats don't go and hunt fish. It's yeah. the same as when people tend to give um, their cats cow's milk. Milk, exactly. You don't yeah, see yeah. a cat drinking off a cow. No, no, exactly. In the and, and, you know, and, and, and essentially what it is, it's, it's that old historical thing that we have of where cats came, were living on farms and they used to catch rats and then they got a bit of milk when they were, and, and same thing, you know, they lived mm. on the, on the wharf and when the fish came in, they fed it to the cats. And so that's really the, the minds right. that we have. Is it okay to mix these types of foods? Yeah. Or should they be served separately? You, preferably separately. I mean, if we, the, the problem with a cat is that if you mix wet food in with a dry food, unless your cat specifically likes that mm-hmm. and, and has been taught to eat like that, that's fine. Preferably to keep them separate because a wet food they should eat and finish quickly. Whereas the dry food, cats tend to eat little bits during the day. So you can put down a certain amount of food and they will eat small amounts yeah. uh, at different times during the day. Whereas if you leave the wet food out, it's obviously more likely to become contaminated. Mm. So not a good idea. And again, it depends on what your cat specifically likes. Right. I've managed to train mine to become slow nibblers. Right. So that one cat's not wolfing down all the food. Yes. Yeah. They, they tend to stick to that, which is quite good. But yeah, just speaking about that as well with multi-cat households, that, mm. that's just one of the biggest challenges when it comes to cat diet. Exactly. And I think multi-cat households, it's not just that. It's the stress about cats are solitary animals. Mm. And we put them all together and then we expect them to just enjoy each other's company. Yes, they do. But they also like to be alone. We always use the rule of uh, plus one. So if you've got five cats, you need six Little boxes. Little boxes. Six. And a little box, if they all, six of them lined up together, that's one little box to the cats. So they need to be, you know, spread out. And same thing with the food bowl. And certainly with cats, a good suggestion is to, to make them work for their food a bit. Mm -hmm. So you can put it into little toys, for example, where they have to bat it around and then it comes out kibble by kibble. In the wild, they had to hunt. That's it. You know, and they, and they didn't catch that mouse every single time. So they expended energy. Now all they have to do is, Slink over to the food bowl. It's not going to run away. Yeah. So one, that's, one of my cats literally lies on his side and eats. <laughs> eats <laughs> cat's thinking, this is heaven. I'm hunting this thing and it just stays right there. It's fine. Yeah. So what we're going to try and do is keep them amused and also try and keep them active. So you can hide the food away in different places. They've got to go and find it or use other toys and things to, to keep them amused as well. I've thought about doing that often with dogs, but I have yeah. never thought about it for cats. Yeah. No, cats, cats yeah. works really well. And, and Makes the, sense. really weird things like using um, an egg box, for example, and putting the food in, in an egg box, right. egg tray. They need to scoop it out then because mm-hmm. they don't like their whiskers touching. So they scoop it out and that's forcing them to work for their food. Yeah. Thinking about that with the whiskers touching, the, the actual makeup of the food bowl um, is, is important. I find yep. that one of my cats gets an allergy on her chin, little yes. scabs from plastic bowls. Plastic bowls. Yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's something that they, they can be allergic to. So ceramic or, 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 or metal is probably better. Mm. But it also comes back to what your cat learned as a kitten mm. to eat out of. So if they learn to eat out of certain things, then they may be averse to eating out of something else. Mm. I obviously watch a lot of YouTube videos of animals <laughs> continuously. The series that I've been enjoying lately is um, a guy who tests out different types of food on his cats. Right. So 
he'll um, cut up some raw tuna and he'll cut up some cooked tuna right. and put those in exact little squares mixed up and see which the cat goes for first. Right. Um, and it seems to me from, and it depends on the cat again, that cats do actually prefer raw food. I'm seeing that, I'm seeing a lot of that lately right. in people who are turning to raw diets. Right. That's what they would have eaten in the wild. Mm. Again, what we've got to come back to is are animals the same as they were in the wild? Mm. It's also got to do with the fact that can you balance it properly? Is it healthy for the rest of the people in the household? Mm. And how convenient is it? People say, um, you know, they feed chicken and I'm going, okay, but your animal's allergic to chicken. Then they say, it's but it's chicken from a certain uh, shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's fine. I'm like, no, it's chicken. Whether it comes from that shop or, or not, yeah. it, it is chicken. Yeah. You know? So people get this idea that it, it has to be much better. But again, if it's not cooked, what is the digestibility? There's certain other things that need to come into it as well. Mm. Certainly, there's no problem with feeding it. You just got to know what the, what the disadvantages are mm. and make sure that you're balancing it properly. You used a word where people tend to take their own opinions of food right. and put it onto the animals. Anthropomorphize. There we go. Right, so we're turning one. our animals into humans. Never saying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get this idea of plant and meat protein-based foods mm. for ourselves. Like, do we want to eat only grains or do we want to eat yep. actual meat? Is it safe for a dog to have protein just from a plant? Dogs should be fine. They can be fine with that, but you've got to make sure that they do have all the amino acids that are necessary. Um, Sometimes you need to add small amounts of that. A cat, not so much because cats need taurine. They can't make taurine and that has to come from animal meat. That's why we call them obligate carnivores. Okay. So is taurine found in, could you say, all cat food? It should be. If it's not in there, then then your cat's going to have a problem. Right. Yeah. If that's all they're eating. So taurine has to be at certain levels in, in all cat foods. It affects the heart. It affects other parts of the cat, but essentially mm. the heart is the biggest issue. Okay. Mm. And so is it something that we would want to supplement our cat with or is there enough in food? There's enough in food. Dogs can make taurine from another amino acid. They can do it and we can do the same. Cats have lost that ability to do that. If it's a registered, properly balanced food, um, you should be fine on the taurine levels. Let's talk a little bit about obesity in mm. in our pets. It's a fine line. You know, I try and listen to my minpin, and if I did, he'd be enormous. Mm-hmm. He's permanently hungry. Mm-hmm. I've overfed him to, to a point where he's become a little bit overweight. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to watch it because you put him on a diet, and then he can get a little bit too skinny. It's like, it's quite difficult. So, I, I mean, I think the point, exactly as you say, we give in, and they know how to do that. Mm. Their mission in life is to to get as much energy in as possible. They they're not going to say no. He'll uh, eat until he bursts. He, well, that's it. They they will do that. That's their men- mentality. When you were out there and you were hunting, you've had food. You ate all you could. You know, you don't know when your when next meal was coming. Mm. So that's really why they will try and eat as much as possible. I think the, the one problem we have is that our opinion of what overweight and not overweight is has changed as well. Certainly from from a human point of view. If I showed you a picture of a dog that is correct weight, you'll say, but that's so skinny. Don't you feed your dog? Uh, whereas what we now think is normal is actually mm. starting to become overweight already. Same thing happening with, with, with humans as well. The uh, bootylicious type yeah, figure is yeah, in fashion now. Yeah, exactly. Or and, and, a Marilyn Monroe type woman, whereas it might not necessarily be completely healthy. In pets, it's mirroring humans completely. Yeah. And the problem with, with obesity is not just what you look like, yes. which is you know, a human's That's idea of human's it. main drive. The, yeah. the fat tissue is the biggest um, organ in the body, really. And it's producing a whole lot of hormones and, and things that affect the body and essentially pushes up inflammation. 
your body is pushing it into a, a state of continuous inflammation, which affects the joints, which affects the, the brain, it affects a whole lot of, lot of things, not just the excess weight, you know, on the joints, mm. it's actually there's inflammation that's happening. Mm. So that's really why we want to be trying to get them to be as, as slim as, as we can. Yeah. And it um, obviously leads to a whole lot of other things as well, like diabetes and cancer. Correct. And, and that's where the inflammation also comes into this is that essentially the body just, just can't control the glucose levels and it just is producing more and more insulin, which is not being effective. You burn out those cells and then you can't produce anymore. Mm. And that's when you get the diabetes. It is the biggest issue that we do have. It's the biggest nutritional disease that we have in pets uh, and obviously in humans as well. Mm. Well, something else to consider besides obesity is um, food allergies. Right. We, we don't realize, you know, one tends to think that a, a dog can eat absolutely anything, but a lot of the time they may be very sensitive to a certain type of food. We split this up. There's an actual food allergy where you have to, they have to have taken in the food and they then make an allergy, you know, allergen against that. And then the next time they eat that food, they can have an allergic reaction. Whereas you can have a food intolerance where they, they just can't handle that food, but it's not an allergy per se. So food allergies tend to get more of the limelight than they should okay. uh, in pets. Uh, it's generally the younger animals. It's, it's from six months to three years-ish. If they start getting allergies after that, it's more likely to be an environmental allergen. So okay. they're allergic to pollen or to, and, and certainly to fleas, whatever, whatever it is. So food allergies are a lot less common than what we, what we think they are. There's a new diet out that has uh, ingredients in that, that basically blocks the uh, allergens from the environment getting through the skin and causing the allergy. So th we have moved on from that. Mm. Certainly those animals that are allergic to certain proteins, we try and eliminate those. Because that's the biggest problem I'm, that I've experienced mm. is certain types of proteins sure. where I've had to try an animal on an ostrich diet, for Correct. instance. Yeah. That's essentially where we, we start a novel protein. So it's a protein that they're unlikely to have eaten before. So we start looking at duck and fish and you know, salmon, venison. Mm. The problem is that with, with the diets that have got all sorts of, you know, people want to see a diet that's got five different proteins in it. We're now losing the ability to, to feed those animals a novel protein because that protein's no longer, it's likely to have been fed. It's almost like an antibiotic resistance. Ostrich is the one issue that certainly in South Africa that we have. To say that ostrich is a, is a protein that you could feed to an animal that's allergic to other things, yeah, there's a good chance that it's eaten ostrich. Do you cringe thinking what could be in foods that on supermarket stores that, or shelves that people are buying and using? Absolutely. I mean, when we talk about why you would spend more money on, on a food, we, we talk about a thing where it's a fixed formula. Mm -hmm. So in other words, good quality foods will use that specific quality of protein, that specific type of chicken in every batch. The lower down you go, basically, it's what's the cheap protein. I need to have 20% protein in this food. Yes. And what's the cheapest protein today? Today, it happens to be this. And oh, I've next, run out and of chicken. Let's I run out of chicken. Let's, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's essentially what does happen. Okay. Yeah. So when you start paying more, what you know is that this batch is the same and you know it's guaranteed to be properly balanced all the way through. Mm. That's, that's really one of the, from so it's a, a consistency. It's a consistency. Yeah. It's, and, and it's a company that, that essentially you can trust to, to be doing that. In this country, we have an issue with sort of side of the road type foods. Mm -hmm. You've got to be so careful of that because invariably there's going to be some, I mean, they're not going to be using the best quality ingredients. Right. Yeah. 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 If you ever had to run out of animal food, mm. you had absolutely nothing, everything was closed. What mm -hmm. could you whip up at home that's going to be <laughs> of some nutritional value? Well, I mean, you know, if it's a short term, uh, pretty much anything, anything that we would eat except for high sugar. 
And porridge, not, any, not any, spicy, not too much certainly, no, salt nothing, or pepper. Yeah, or yeah, exactly. So they're basically as bland as possible. Mm. Well, if it's a short term, then it doesn't matter because you, you're unbalancing it for a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. It's when you start going on for weeks like that, then that might be a bit of an issue. Um, so there's no way that we as humans can feed our animals on home-cooked food knowing that they're not getting everything. Yes, if you were a nutritionist and you could do that every day, you could you could probably balance it. Yes. Um, then you, you could, certainly. Yeah. You know, there's no reason why you, sh- you couldn't. Whether that's better or worse than having a balanced diet every day, it's a debate. Because mm. I, I literally have been in the situation where mm. I've run out of mm. pet food. Yeah. And I've tried, uh, you know, the cats are the worst. Yeah, yeah they, just, they just keep meowing and saying, give, give, give. <laughs> they just want what they want. Yeah, yeah. I've tried dry frying an egg. I've tried absolutely everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it doesn't always work. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly egg is a, is a, is a good staple that would, would go, but... Um, Probably not frying it, but but cooking it, um, scrambling it, but without any milk or anything like that. Mm. Um, but it needs to be cooked. You shouldn't mm. be feeding raw eggs to to them. First of all, because of the potential salmonella and other things, mm-hmm. and secondly, because there are um, anti-trypsin factors in in, a, in an egg that stops it from being digested. Okay. So you need to break that down, make the egg white go white, and then and then they're easier to digest. Right. Yeah. And in terms of dairy products in general for animals, our dairy products that we use are generally cow's milk. So surely that's a no-no for both dog and cat. It's not a no-no per se. They, just like, like we do, lose the ability to digest lactose. So as a, as a puppy and kitten or as a child, we can break down lactose, mm. the, the, the sugars in, in, in in milk. Yeah. As we get older, we lose that ability because in theory we shouldn't be drinking that. But if you have a cat that's been drinking it all its life, then it probably still has ability to do that. There's no reason to feed milk, but if they can tolerate it, then there's no reason not to not to feed milk. Just like we carry on drinking milk as adults. Yeah. You know, we've we've kept the ability to actually digest um, um, lactose. Yeah. I have a, a cat who has a serious love for dairy products. If mm-hmm. I open up a butter jar or if I open a yogurt, mm-hmm. she comes running. Okay. And yeah, I might or might not leave the yogurt <laughs> lid for her to sort out. As long as, as, long as there's no, uh, you know, that doesn't cause a problem and there isn't a diarrhea or something happening afterwards, yeah, yeah. then you're probably okay. There, there's a weird one. There's a new diet that we brought out that actually has broccoli in it for cats. Broccoli, you would think cats know, yeah. but actually it's a, it, it's, it's a palatability enhancer. Actually, cats like the food when it's got broccoli in it as opposed to mm. when it's not in the food. Yeah. A certain level, you can't put too much of it in. To finish off, frequently asked questions about pets with trainer and behaviorist Kathy Clayton. What could it be that my pet is vomiting and has diarrhea? Well, it's obviously eaten something. Something's gone wrong in that stomach. And depending on the severity of it, get it up to the vet, get some medication, see what it is. Because many, many dogs eat something that is bad and then they start vomiting and diarrhea. And then, of course, the other thing that we sadly have to look at, somebody's thrown some poison or something over the wall, get that dog up to the vet. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pause for Thought, brought to you by PetHeaven.co.za. Never run out of pet food again with Pet Heaven's super convenient scheduled deliveries. Shop today and get 20% off your first scheduled delivery of premium pet products to your door. This is cliffcentral.com.